Welcome to Third Eye Science. I'm your host, Susan Bontoon. On this podcast, we'll be exploring the lines between science and spirituality. As a scientist and a yogi, I've found that these two realms do not have to be mutually exclusive. With the mind of a logical scientist, I've navigated my own spiritual journey with a curious and open mind. I'll share lessons and tools I've found along the way and have compelling conversations with spiritual leaders, teachers, yogis, and fellow travelers about their experiences and practices. In this age of information and misinformation, it's time to interpret and understand the world with your third eye. Satnam, welcome to Third Eye Science. Happy holidays. If you're listening to this after the holidays, just know that everything I talk about is relevant for any day of the year. But today I thought I would, so I'm releasing this on Christmas, so Merry Christmas. But I suspect most people won't listen on Christmas, they'll listen maybe the week after. And so I thought it would be a really great opportunity to talk about what are you calling in for the year 2020? Because our, so a lot of people in spirituality or, you know, who are tuned into energy may say, well, you know, the new year is sort of this random day and when they made this calendar it was not really aligned with the planetary energies that are happening. However, because of the collective energy behind it, it still is a very powerful portal that we have essentially created collectively as a society around this date. And so the other thing is that the year 2020 is it's a new if you look into numerology which I have a very cursory understanding of but I listened to a podcast that I would highly recommend with Remington Donovan who is he's a numerology guy uh astrology uh, tarot cards and um a kundalini yogi, and he was on the Elevator podcast. I'll link it in the show notes. And they talked about the numerology of 2020, and it was really great. But basically, when you add 2020, it comes out to four. And four is really the energy of love and miracles, Yay, a whole year of that, right? <laughs> so 2020 is a year of love and miracles. This is what what Remington said. Um, so it's really the energy. So what he was getting at was that this year we've had this three energy, which is building the foundations. And now in 2020, we're letting it all come in and expand. 
So he, yeah, he said it's the energy of, of everything showing up for you. That said, you still have to do the work to make it happen, right? There are, um, there's really, you know, a ton of people do New Year's resolutions. And I have to say, I was totally one of those people <laughs> when I was drinking. So when I was in my active alcoholism, every year I would have a New Year's resolution and it would be like, okay, I'm going to like drink less. I would never say, actually, that's not true. I sometimes would not drink for, you know, an, a month. I would do dry January or I, it might even be longer. And I would, I was able to do that for this specific time period. And I always had the intention that after I was done, then I would feel so great. And then I would just go back to drinking like a moderate, you know, moderately, (laughs) which I was, I was incapable of doing. And so it never lasted is my point. And this is what happens with so many people, right? You, you make a, a new year's resolution. It's maybe a lofty, super lofty goal. And you get, you, you start doing it and it's working out for a while. You go to the gym, right? Go to the yoga center. You go to any time, any kind of fitness thing. When you go in January, it's insane, right? If you, if you go to the gym regularly, or if you go to a yoga class, um, I go to a local hot yoga studio and yeah, it's very crowded in January. And then (laughs) things start dropping off. There's fewer and fewer people in February and March. And it's just the way it happens. And so I think that what often is the case is people take on this big goal that is maybe not like a realistic thing for them to fit into their life. And then they can do it for a certain amount of time. And then it just drops off. And it's because it was maybe a little bit too much. So so what I want to talk about is how can we how can we choose to bring something in, change our intentions, create a habit, get rid of an old habit. How can we do that and make it stick? So what I'm going to talk about is my experience with this. And I will say that I am by default it's in my chart somehow, or I don't know, but I, it's in my personality, but I am a very disciplined person. And I know I also have that, um, I am, a, I have the energy of like, I, I can meet other people's expectations, but I can also meet my own expectations. Um, this is a, a concept that I heard about, Um, from Gretchen Rubin. She has a book called The Four Tendencies, and she talks about there are four groups of people that have, um, and it has to do with how you meet expectations. So everyone is different. I'll link that in the show notes. Um, But it's really interesting to see how you, so some people 
don't meet their own expectations, but they meet other people's expectations. And those are the people who need the buddy, the running buddy, the, you know, the gym buddy, the yoga buddy. They're the person that needs someone to help keep them accountable. And then, you know, there are people who are like, I don't give a fuck what you say. I'm going to do whatever I want. (laughs) So, (laughs) and then there are people who just like, only meet their own expectations. So it's, it's kind of interesting to look at it from that perspective. And I just, yeah, want to be full disclosure. I am one of those people that meets my own expectations so I can set an intention and meet it. That said, when you're an addict, so when I was in active alcohol, alcoholism, I couldn't do that because I was, literally addicted, right? And so it's just really um, important that you recognize what is going on in your own energy, what's happening with you, like get really honest with yourself about when you meet goals and when you don't and, and what kind of goals you set for yourself. And, and actually, I don't really love the word goals. I really like the word intention because I, I believe that intention um, can be a very powerful thing if you put the energy behind it. Some people will say, oh, you know, what do they say? The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Um, but I I think that, yes, people sometimes have good intentions and then don't follow through with them. But if you really set a powerful intention, which is what I'm going to sort of map out how I do that, it can, it can be incredibly expansive. So I'll say at first, you know, before anything, the first thing you have to do is get really honest with yourself about what what is it that you're doing that isn't serving you anymore? What kind of energy energy are you allowing into your life that's not serving you and it's not serving the highest good? And so those are things that you have to get really, really honest with yourself about. So maybe make a list. Like if you're if you're not into making lists, then maybe sit and, or go for a walk, go for a run, do whatever feels good to you and really let all those things come up. Okay. What are the things that I feel I'm ready to let go of? And then even if you're not a list maker, write it down because when you see it written in your own handwriting, it can be incredibly, uh, activating basically it activates something in your brain when you see it there it's very different than if you just think something so i know a lot of people i'm i have i have journals everywhere i leave a journal by my bed i have, I have multiple journals under my altar where i meditate i have a journal that i carry around with me i have a yeah i mean I'm into journaling. That said, I don't journal every day. So it's not, and I know people that do, and that's amazing. I think it's really helpful. It's a way to process. It's, 
you know, there, cause what I find is when I start writing, if, you know, you just have a thought and it's like, oh, okay, it's this intention that this is the thing I want to let go of. Like maybe you want to let go of using the phone too much or social media or whatever, you know, something about your interaction with the phone. And this, I kind of talked about this briefly last week, but it's, you know, it's a really interesting thing to examine your relationship to technology. And so you can make a realistic intention of like, it's not, it doesn't have to be black and white, all or nothing. This is the way I was when I was an active alcoholic. It was like, okay, I'm going to quit drinking for 30 days. And I could do that. But then I couldn't sustain it because I hadn't made the decision to quit drinking completely. And that is honestly for me was the thing that allowed me when I had that moment in a meeting where I, after getting a DUI and someone who self-identified as an alcoholic said something that I understood and it resonated for me and I had this epiphany oh I'm an alcoholic it was like now I know why I can't drink and up until that moment I didn't I really genuinely did not know I really thought there was some way that I was going to figure out a way to be a moderate you know, to, to moderate my drinking. I genuinely thought that. And when I, when I accepted, oh shit, I'm an alcoholic. (laughs) That was when it was like, I, and I can honestly say I have not wanted a drink since then, because in that moment I was like, now I know why. And now I know why I'm never going to drink ever again. And I made a real honest intention. And of course, now it's just kind of laughable. It's it's only been five and a half years. It's not been that long, but it's laughable to me to think about drinking. Like, it's so silly. And I know that that's not every, that is not the experience of many alcoholics in recovery. They still struggle with it. And it may be that they're still, because I I mean, my experience in talking to many alcoholics is that they still love that idea. They kind of love that romantic idea of becoming a normal drinker. Like they'd love to just go back to drinking a glass of wine with dinner. But, you know, someone who is an alcoholic can't do that. And so that's, that's just what um, you have to recognize. Is there something in, in your behavior that is an addiction, a true, you know, truly an addiction? Um, or, is it, or is it something that is just a habit? In Kundalini Yoga, we, um, we do meditations. We make a commitment to do something for 40 days, 90 days, 120 days a year, a thousand days. And these have an actual formula. Like there is a reason the way a 
40-day sadhana affects you if you practice something every single day for 40 days. So this doesn't have to just be a meditation or a yoga. It could, or a kriya. It could be anything. So you could say, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna drink for 40 days. However, I recommend making it a positive thing. So not, um, not taking something out. I'm going to take this out for 40 days. Think of a thing you can do, an action you can take for 40 days. So if you do something for 40 days straight, it, the way Yogi Bhajan taught it, you will break negative habits that block you from your expansion. So it's, it's just that 40 days breaks the old habits because you've essentially, you've put something new in and it, you have to create space for that. So the other things drop away magically for 90 days. If you do something for 90 days, you're actually establishing a new habit in your conscious and subconscious minds. And this is based on whatever it is you're doing. So choose wisely. (laughs) And then 120 days straight, it confirms this new habit in your consciousness. And the positive benefits are integrated permanently into your psyche. That's pretty powerful. 1,000 days, you will master the new habit of consciousness. And no matter what the challenge, you can call on this new habit to serve you. So powerful. So just even, you know, I'm just introducing this so that you can consider the kind of commitment that you're willing to make and think about how you want to bring something what you're bringing into your life. This is a quote from Yogi Bhajan. If you commit a theft, they will call you a thief. But that is not you. You're a human being. You are the light of God. You are made in the image of God. You have a life. You have a light. You have an identity. You have a personality. You are created by God and God loves you. That's why you live on the extension of the prana. Each minute you take 15 minute, 15 prana breaths. So prana is a gift of life. It is being given to you in spite of the times that you have done a bad thing and committed a theft. The theft represents you as a thief, but that is not you. If you have done a good thing, if you have done a graceful thing, if you have done a saintly thing, that does not become you, but you are represented as a saintly person. So it's it's kind of an interesting quote to think about like you're not you're not the things you do. You are the light of God. And if you don't like the word God, just replace with universe, spirit, any, any word that you prefer to use. So by default, you are perfect in what you are, but it's our habits are what make us 
look and feel and operate in the world. And it's the way other people interpret us. And so this is a really, really interesting way to think about it. Like I, I'm perfect and I have picked up these habits that make me feel less than perfect. So what, what do I want to pick up that's going to make me feel like a saint, <laughs> right? So what I have done, for me, um, I basically do this regularly. I pick up a new sadhana, like a new uh, meditation or a specific yoga kriya. But I also do this in other parts of my life. One of the things that I actually, um, I like the podcast is a good one, where I came, came to this awareness. It took a long time for me to really start it because, and by a long time, I mean like many months of of really, is this the thing I, I, I'm going to do? Is this, is this what I'm being called to do? This is, a, I you know, for me, it feels like an assignment, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but it's like a divine assignment. I'll link the show notes in the show notes, the episode where I talked about divine assignments, and this podcast really was one for me, but it was also really scary. It was, it was fear-inducing. Like, well, am I really going to put myself out there and is anyone going to listen? And guess what? People are listening. You're listening right now and it's helping people because you wouldn't be listening if it didn't. (laughs) So, um, it was, it was one of those things where I said, finally, okay, it's time. And I got this message to do it on my birthday, release it on my birthday last year. So I released it and I committed to doing an episode every single week. And I have been actually really surprised by how many of these solo episodes I've been doing. And they may or may not be people's favorite. I don't know, but it's, um, I feel called to share my experience. I love doing interviews. It is a little bit more work. And, um, and I'm definitely calling in some really awesome um, people to do to do the podcast in 2020. And it's I know that's gonna happen, but I also know that this process of me sharing my experience is is not only helpful to you guys, it's helpful to me because it kind of makes it more concrete. And sometimes it actually, lets me release something. Like when I talked about my childhood trauma, that was a very, I said to my friend afterwards, so I'll link in the show notes to that episode. I, I think it was the most courageous thing I've ever done in my entire life, you know? And I also know that there was probably someone that listened to to that episode and it maybe triggered a memory for them 
or it triggered a feeling for them. Maybe they were very well aware of what happened to them as a child and they were able to process it in a, in a way that maybe they wouldn't have otherwise. So I knew I was meant to do it, even though I did, really didn't want to. And I did it. And so I made this commitment to release a podcast every week. And literally what happens is um, I just trust that it's going to happen. That's like the flow will happen and that I'll have something to talk about every week, (laughs) including weeks where I'm going away on vacation and I have to do like a couple ahead of time and I'll, and I'll do that. So right now I'm recording two episodes. I recorded last week's episode and this one right in a row because I was like on a roll and I'm so like, just in awe of that process that I'm willing to just sit here and talk about me, my stuff (laughs) and share it with the entire world and like put it on the internet and people are resonating with it. That's really amazing. Which reminds me, side note, I reached 10,000 plays. We we reached 10,000 plays a couple of weeks ago. And I just want to say thank you so much for all of your support and love and um, feedback and for listening and sharing it with other people because it's it makes me feel so um, honored to be able to help people in this way and to inspire other people to do, to do their kind of, you know, next big project. So, um, yeah, so back to this commitment. So I made this intention and I knew I wasn't going to start it until I was really, truly ready to, to put the, the power and energy behind the intention. So I guess that's that's really the important thing. So if as you're thinking about, okay, I want to make some intentions for this next year for 2020, what am I calling in? What do I want to do really do in 2020? So instead of thinking about the things you want to not do, think about the things you want to do and the other stuff will fall away eventually. <laughs> doesn't happen overnight, but it will fall away. So really thinking about that and then consider, am I 100% behind doing this? Or am I just doing it because I feel like I should? Or because I'm, you know, just feeling like I'm supposed to make some intentions for the year. Don't do that. (laughs) Make intentions that are really meaningful to you. And so when you have that intention, write it down. I like to write it down in a list and then I put it under a crystal on my altar for the entire year. I actually do this not every month, but I often do it on the new moons, not, not every month, but sometimes I feel called to do it. And And then, so another ritual that I have is on on New Year's 
Eve, sometime during that day, I will, I take all of them. So I leave the new moon ones on my altar for that month. And then I take them off and I put them in this little box. So then I have them all in a box. And then on New Year's Eve, I burn them all. And it's like this, it's not a, there's no judgment. I may, I may reread them and be sort of amazed at what I did manifest and, and then notice the things that didn't manifest. And I just let it all go to it's, it's giving it to spirit. And it's a really fun and powerful little ritual that you can do. I also think this would be so fun to do with your kids. So you invite them to really think about what they want to do. Maybe I want to read a book a month, you know, or maybe I want to eat a green vegetable every week. (laughs) No, you have to let the kids come up with, (laughs) with the intention. But, and then, you know, do this little, create a ritual around it. I really love on New Year's, um, kind of spending, taking, taking the time in, I, I often don't go out on New Year's anymore. And I, I certainly don't stay up to midnight because I still get up early the next morning for sadhana because I wouldn't miss that opportunity, you know? Um, that said, it's, you know, you can fit it in any time during the day, make this little ritual and give yourself the opportunity. So if you don't have anything to burn this year, (laughs) you can just maybe even make, make these intentions of what you're letting go and burn those and then make a list of intentions for 2020 Put it somewhere where you can see it or somewhere, you know, that that's safe and private. It's for you, but you come across it. It's not like hidden away. And I, I use crystals to amplify it. It's really powerful to put a generator on top of um, a, a list like this. So a generator is basically shaped, it's flat on the bottom, so it stands up tall. Um, And it has usually six sides and then a point. And those are basically generating that energy. They're amplifying the energy up. So that's what I do. It's a really fun little ritual and ceremony that, that I do on New Year's. So I just wanted to invite that in, allow you to consider whether how you want to do it, maybe bring some other kind of ritual in, bring, bring in something. Oh, I had an ex-boyfriend whose mom had this thing where she always said, she said that on New Year's Day, you never, you, you want to do things that you want to do. So, so that you can, it kind of sets the stage for the rest of the year. So I also had a while, I really, and I still do this, I make it a tradition to get out into nature on New Year's Day. And for a while I was doing that like pretty 
um, regularly we would, I would go with a group of friends and we would do a new year's day hike and it was amazing. Um, but so, yeah, so she would say, don't like clean the house because then you're going to be setting the stage for cleaning the house (laughs) all year, (laughs) which actually I don't think is such a terrible thing, but, um, but, you know, do something that is how, think about how you want to start your year. That's, I guess, is the bottom line. So I really love to start the year. I don't want to start the year hungover, right? I want to feel good. I want to wake up like, bing, time to get up. And I wake up, do my sadhana, and then really take some time for myself, like, to set the stage for the year. And I think about, so for me, that looks like exercise, self-care, nature, and community as well. So I think I'm going to stop there. I hope that you are inspired to bring some very strong, powerful, and beautiful intentions in this year. Remember that this year is is the energy of love and miracles. So allow that in. You have to allow it. It's not something that will happen if you don't believe in it. You have to you have to invite it in. See the magic all around you. It really truly is such a magnificent world. Despite all the chaos, we, we live in a very beautiful place. So being grateful and remembering, remembering that fact is one of the most powerful practices you can, you can do on a daily basis. All right. Thank you guys. Happy new year. Satnam. I love you.